And welcome to the Run Local podcast. Of course, it's the podcast where we invite guests across the spectrum of society, including elite athletes, entrepreneurs, local legends, and beyond. We utilize the sport of running and just sport in general to learn more about these individuals, their local community, and what they're doing to change the world. Man, this is usually where I go, Josh. We don't have Josh Muxin today. We only have JT Service, but we do have a great guest and a really good friend. Um, and I'm going to let her introduce herself. So, who are you and what do you do? How do you see yourself in the world? <laughs> Hello, Red Local family. I'm Alyssa Nacken, and I am a daughter and a sister and an aunt yes. and a friend and girlfriend. I'm all of those things, and I'm also an assistant coach for the San Francisco Giants. That is so crazy. That's so crazy that you're an aunt. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I honestly think that's your favorite thing. If I'm watching your Instagram closely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you're the first female coach in the major in Major League Baseball, but you, an aunt, an it's, aunt, it might be the thing you're most proud of. It literally is. I've texted. Um, whoops, it's a little windy. I texted my. Uh, my brother and sister-in-law just a couple weeks ago and told them like aunt or auntie Liss is the title that I'm most proud of. Um, And I am. I mean, you talk about wanting to be a positive influence in people's lives. What better than to start like right under your own, your own roof within, within your own family. So yeah, I'm, I'm so proud to be an aunt and a self-proclaimed aunt to my best friend's kid. <laughs> yeah. You're just like gobbling up kids. You're like, yep, yeah. that one's mine too. That one's mine. I do the same thing. I'm, you know, I'm, I want to be a dad so bad and I will be at some point, but I've got three God kids and oh. I'm, and I feel like I'm got, I'm like gathering them, like yeah. and grooming them and they're all little shits. It's great. And they're like, they're perfect. So Alyssa Nacken, uh, you, you tell a little bit about yourself. And I think a lot of people are going to tune in this podcast and, and want to know more about the journey of how do you become, you know, the first, the first female major league coach ever. But I don't think that it does it justice to let go right to that point, because then we don't, we don't learn much about it. We don't learn much about you and that, the, the real journey for it. Cause I think that's where some of like the, the threads that, that weave this all together, um, start to make more sense. And it makes sense to me because I've known you for five plus years. And I, when I heard the announcement, I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense to me. It does. It, it, I don't know what it is. It's, a, it's something about yourself. And I'm hoping for, for that to come out by the end of like our conversation. Um, but I am excited to talk to you. So what I'd love to know is, can you give our audience like a little bit more info into your athletic background? Like even from as a kid, like what sports you played and at what level and stuff like that? Yeah, I think it starts. Um, I'm a, I'm the youngest uh, sister of two older brothers, mm. and you have older brothers, and you have to learn how to take care of yourself and fend for yourself. So, yeah. um, they are nine and six years older. So, like, they were a lot yep. stronger, a lot bigger, <laughs> yeah. um, and they played sports. They played hockey, basketball, soccer, baseball, and so I was just kind of along for the ride. Um, at a very young age. And then, you know, at their practices, I would, I would pick up a baseball and throw it or, um, you know, stand in as a, as a six-year-old goalie for my, you know, 15-year-old brother. I just <laughs> um, imagine them like wrapping you in pads. No, yeah. Then, 
totally my my so my brother was a goalie and I have vivid memories of him shoving me into his hockey bag and he has like the worst body odor. Oh, it, and the hockey stuff have, smells so terrible. Oh, it's gross because it's yeah. sweat and then it's also like wet from the ice. Yeah. So yeah. it's probably moldy. And he would shove me in there and like zip it up. So that was my childhood. So I knew, okay, well, I have to get really strong and fast to like hang with these guys. No. Right. So I just started playing all the local sports in my hometown. So um, like soccer, basketball, volleyball, softball. And, you know, every, all the time kids are asked, well, what's your favorite sport? And for me, even to this day, it was like, well, it's whatever sport I'm playing, like, at yeah. that time, you know, so yeah. whatever season it was, like if it was in the winter, like basketball is my favorite or, right. you know, summertime, like soccer and softball are my favorite. And in junior high, I was able to play um, three three sports at, at my junior high. So volleyball, basketball and soccer. They didn't mm-hmm. have softball at junior high, right. uh, but I played on a travel team and I started traveling for softball since I was when I was nine years old. Mm-hmm. And I traveled the U.S. just playing in all different types of tournaments in almost every state, um, and I and I loved it. Like I loved I loved all my teammates, my coaches, yeah. like going to different parts of the U.S. And my favorite part is just competing and yeah. going all out. And you know, like that team mentality is something that I love. So when you're ingrained, like in a in a long summer playing um yeah. you know playing with your teammates it just gets it's really fun so yeah but those become simple. sisters i mean yeah. are you are you friends with any of those people still we're talking yeah about like i've been in, been in weddings uh of them like you know they're starting to have kids so you'll probably see me start to You're post steal one of them yeah <laughs> steal their kids um so yeah it's like a sisterhood but uh yeah and then in in high school, I played every sport as well, but I had to choose. Uh, yeah. I had to eventually choose between soccer or softball because they were mm. the season. Um, you know, I was able to play volleyball, basketball in the fall yeah. and winter. And so I picked out of a hat what sport I'd play in, in the spring, and it turned out to be softball. <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah, played in high school and then played uh, at Sacramento State for four years, which right. was awesome. Like that, that sisterhood there is is so strong and so strong to this day. Um, yeah. What did, when so. you're going and playing all these sports, you're going from sport to sport to sport. And I know basketball, you're really serious at that and actually volleyball too. What were you thinking? Like, I want to be when I grow up. Do you know that age when even in junior high, like I'm just playing junior high basketball and I thought I was going to the NBA. Like I was thought it was a chance. I don't know why, but you know, you get, you love it. You love it so much. You can't imagine yourself doing something else. I think other than playing point guard. And so I'm curious what you were thinking, or did you want to be an astronaut? I don't honestly don't, or did you have an idea? Yeah, no, I, so when I started to travel for softball, so nine years old, I realized at a young age, like like probably within four years of that, like knowing, okay, my parents are putting a lot of money into this, you yeah. know, not just like the program that I'm playing with, but the travel and, you know, goodbye summer vacations. Like we're going to go to the middle of Kentucky and play in a tournament. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
so um, I kind of like, bef even before I got into high school, like this might have yeah. been seventh grade, I was thinking, okay, like I love all these other sports, but financially my parents have put so much, so many like resources mm. into softball. I need to go to a division one school on a full ride scholarship and play softball. And yeah. that was my goal. I don't wow. ever remember dreaming of beyond that. Yeah. Becoming a doctor or a lawyer yeah. or anything, you know, and I don't think that's, that's a great thing. I was only focused on like, all, all right, right, college. Yeah. And um, I think that was good. It kept me really focused mm -hmm. in school and on the field and, you know, I had my priorities straight for the most part. Yeah. Um, and, th but then you get to college and then you graduate and you're like, mm, what am I going to do? And for softball, yeah. I mean, there's a pro league, but it's, it's not nowhere close to what like major league baseball is. You have to right. have another job and, and all that stuff. So I kind of knew like I wasn't going to pursue playing professionally. Mm -hmm. Um, but I did not think beyond college at yeah. all. It was, I was so no, focused but that's so on powerful because I do think there's there's um, a benefit to that to like thinking in the now or in the spirit of what's in front of you. Um, totally. I've seen a lot. Well, we you have a fly in your room, and I also have a fly. <laughs> I think it's like going. It is. Which is great. Everyone listening at home, what Alyssa and I are doing with our hands is swiping at the air, if if that makes any sense. Um, if you're listening on a run or on on a long bike ride, we are trying to kill flies in the air. Yeah. Um, but back to to goal setting, I've been thinking about those that continue to improve every year um, at whatever it is they're doing, and there's something about them not being satisfied with whatever it is they then get. So mm -hmm. I was just on a run with um, one of Aaron Jacobson, one of our our the president of, of Run Local, and you know Aaron well, well and we we're talking about how there's certain people in our sport that like, they just kind of stopped, right? They're like, oh, I never thought I was gonna achieve that. So when I did, I, I was done, I was good. They mm -hmm. had, like scratched that itch. Mm -hmm. And I think there's, a, and that's fine for me. I mean, I don't think that's a right or a wrong. That's what you wanted to do in that space. But the ones that seem to take it to a whole nother level, then get another goal or then mm -hmm. set like it a little bit further. Mm -hmm. And it's a gift and a curse because I'm never satisfied. Uh, and like you get to, you're, I'm satisfied for like that night and I'll have that beer with my team and we did a good job. And then in the next day, it's like, what's next? Yeah. Or it's like, how can I, how can I improve what I just did? Or how can mm -hmm. I build upon that? Um, and I think that's what makes the question that so many people are asked, like, what's your end goal? It's like, oh yeah. Mm -hmm don't love that question. Like I have a lot of things that I want to yeah. do and I want to do well, you know, but I think there's so much more to life than like what your job title is. Mm -hmm. And like, how do you, how can you one, like be fortunate enough to go to work every single day and, and really enjoy what you're doing and make an right. impact on society every day. But also like, outside of work can you continue to better yourself and be a better human being every single right. day and try yeah. new things and scratch those itches so yeah, that's cool um so you wanted to be a college softball player that's great <laughs> <laughs> but after college yeah you graduate from sacramento state um and then th i've had this issue uh, with a number of friends 
that little you're left um kind of in an in purgatory there's like athletic purgatory uh, i felt the runner we were able to just keep running you know it didn't take a team of nine people to throw me a ball and for me to hit it for me to feel that you know the love of the game runners are so we and even then i felt a little bit of that like yearning for my team my cross-country team my track team at santa barbara so i can only imagine what it feels like to then leave that college system without a next something right um and oh, yeah i've always thought that's there's like mental health troubles especially and there's a ton of, i know there is in college football where those guys are like i just want to get hit by somebody or hit someone you know the, that yearning and, and that creates problems mental health but how did you deal with that and what did you do next after college yeah you hit it spot on and it's like i mean you go through a pretty dark time like yeah. i i remember specifically really enjoying my graduation party and then waking up the next day and thinking oh my gosh like my teammates you know the ones that are not seniors like they're moving home for the summer they'll be back in the fall to sack right. and I'm not coming back and what am I doing yeah. and like you go from having each day going into a locker room filled with you know 18 girls that have basically become your sisters right. who you can talk to about anything like you always have someone to hang out mm. with you're like you're going through that grind of wanting to win every single game and, you know, just the, the crazy schedule that a college athlete goes through. And then all of a sudden you don't have that anymore. Right. And it was, it was really hard. So I remember like days on end, just scouring job sites yeah. and thinking, what am I going to do? I was a psychology major, Ooh. but I, with like plans, well, semi plans of like maybe becoming a psychologist and, you know, and, and I just wasn't ready to like continue on in grad school in, for psychology. And I just, I didn't know what it was I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, there was a financial company in Sacramento that was hiring and they were really, they were specifically like kind of looking for athletes because of the mentality that we have. Mm -hmm. And it's a financial company that's now a big sponsor of the NCAA. And that was, it was that year they were like working on the partnership with yeah. NCAA. So it was kind of a good fit. And even though I knew nothing about finance, I, I love math and I love numbers, but I, you know, I never saw myself as a financial advisor, but that's what I started right. to get into. And there were things that I liked, but I quickly learned and realized that I missed like deeply missed that that idea of a team and mm. and sports and yeah, yeah so I, I um but but it was a dark dark year after college um yeah. it's scary it's it's scary and you're just because for so long I was like I'm a I'm a softball player or I'm an athlete and now I'm a college softball player and that was my identity and then you graduate and you're mm. like what am I <laughs> and so it took it's that true time. yeah it's just it's crazy um but yeah I, I then i was you know fortunate enough to take a trip to san francisco with my boyfriend then who's still my boyfriend now and yeah, we walked yeah. on to 
<laughs> we walked onto the USF University of San Francisco's campus and that's because that's where he went and I fell in love with that school and I met mm. the baseball coach there um, Rob played baseball there and I got that feeling like this is where I need to be like this is my next mm -hmm. home I don't know how I'm gonna get here but I'm going to figure out a way and sure enough USF has this really awesome sport management master's program. Yep. So I applied and got in and quit that financial job and moved to San Francisco for grad school. That's so wild. And I, get, I totally forgot about this. So we have had so many different people come to our organization and to the Giants especially have, have really benefited from the USF sports management program because it brings an immense amount of talent and a ton of passion I think to San Francisco Bay Area sports. So um, everyone from Joao de Macedo, the uh, big wave yeah. surfer, he yeah. went to USF, and everyone forgets that. Um, uh, Jill Reppenstein, I think, was was one of our interns there. Just all these people that have big impacts on our life. Uh, Jameson Shaw, who's like one of the co-founders and one of the origin uh, of of Soul Focus. So I've I need to like send them a check. I something like that. I forget. Something's brought so much positivity to my world. But how, there's some, I mean, tell everyone the, there's one thing in particular about that USF experience. And I think it's their connection to organizations and to, to, to different franchises and different internship opportunities, if I'm not mistaken. Totally. They have a really solid reputation and solid alumni base that continues to stay in touch and mm -hmm stay open for conversation you know so it's a really great program to for anybody looking to uh, specifically the sport management program for anyone looking to get their their foot in the door in the sport world yep. um, solely because of their alumni base and the reputation and i think location plays a big factor as well like bay yep. area there are a lot of sports teams here um colleges organizations mm -hmm. you know, so and the structure of the program is is pretty ideal for anyone, you know, really looking for hands-on work. You're going yep. to class one or two nights a week, um, so it opens up the day for you to explore different internship opportunities or even work full-time for organizations. So it's just like, it's a great way to get hands-on experience while having like this yeah. net of being a student. Yeah, that's cool. And I'm so glad you found that because I think a lot of people don't hear that voice or listen to that voice early on when they're like, I have to go do something. So they just stick with that job, whatever that first one is. And I mean, there's some there's good parts to that, too, of sticking it out. But if you know it's not right, like leaving that first job. So for me, I was at law school at Santa Clara yeah. and I was in the Santa Cruz County prosecutor's office and they were offering me a job to become like put away non-violent violent drug offenders and like I am a non-violent drug offender so that wouldn't have been a great fit um <laughs> which well, at the time I was now I'm, I'm totally legal um which is great um, Love but, <laughs> but the the key is that that wasn't a good fit for me so right. I had to zig uh, when that and I still finished law school and still passed the bar and like finished that part of it but it was like go do something else go do what you, what i was meant to do which is 
you know, come up with crazy ideas and talk to people on podcasts. You know? <laughs> and you're, so. you're killing it. And I think it <laughs> goes back to like the point you made earlier about how you're somebody who's never satisfied. Like right. you're getting this job opportunity and that was essentially going to be like your next step. You're probably going to be, you know, stuck in that role, which could have been a great role, but yeah. you know, you just, just didn't feel right. Yeah, yeah. feel right. Yeah. You got to follow that intuition. Yeah. So what internship did you end up getting? Who, where'd you work out of, out of USF? A lot of <laughs> random things. I worked for the Raiders for a little bit, yeah. probably for about five minutes and knew that yeah. <laughs> football wasn't for me. Um, I worked at the health center, the Cret like health and rec yep. center at USF, which was awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, health and wellness is a huge passion of mine. So that was kind of, again, a foot in the door into that industry. Right. And then Stanford was probably like the internship that really kind of opened my eyes to the professionalism of sports. Yeah. Yep. I just learned so much more about the NCAA and kind of just how the back end of an elite, you know, or school yeah. is, is run. Right. Um, and they've won the Sears Cup like numerous times. So they're not dealing with just three sports or just major marketing sports talking. They've got everything. Uh, literally everything. Even like their their wellness or like rec recreational sports leagues. So you got their club teams, everything. It's like yeah. top notch. Yeah. Yeah. So that was so, that was awesome. And then um did a little work with the University of San Francisco's baseball team, which then mm -hmm. led to the internship with the Giants in baseball operations. Yeah, that's cool. And that's where we got to to meet, I think. I don't know, mm -hmm. what year was that? You and I met in like late 2015. So okay. it was, you know, a year, almost two years after I first started with the Giants. I right. was in baseball operations first before yeah, we that's right. to the race to giants enterprises where mm -hmm. we get to meet that was cool um and it feels like we've known each other a lot longer than that since i don't know it's why true. yeah it just feels like you're really like a brother so it feels like i've known yeah. you my whole life yeah exactly which is pretty sweet uh i'll take that um so working at the giants or working in baseball ops then you go over to ge uh for listening ge giant enterprises thing that puts all the special events around baseball at at&t park um I think it's a pretty special organization. If you know what um, Fenway, uh, what is the Fenway Park version of that? Sports something. Park? No, but Boston, uh, the Fenway Sports, whatever. They like are a very similar organization to GE. And I see them as like the two competing versions, not competing, but like some of the more creative ways to utilize the ballpark by bringing in concerts, by bringing in uh, symphonies and all these crazy things that they do. Um, led by Steve Maravetria and Sarah Hunt and the team, the team over there. And I'm just curious, what, what did you learn through that whole process? So we were there together putting on the giant race, but you were also working on other special events throughout the ballpark. Um, what, what, what did, you, what did you get out of those last few years? So much. I, I yeah. basically grew up. I feel like I've grown up in the giants organization, you know, it's been yeah. only like, six years since I stepped step foot in there, but yep. I, one, like I learned about the role, right? So obviously as an intern, I started, I got a great like overview understanding of 
the baseball operations world at the professional yeah. level, but transitioning to GE, I learned a lot more about business and even like entrepreneurship by yeah. way of like learning from you and learning from Scott. <laughs> and mm, Scott's an amazing teacher. He teaches me every day. Yes. He took me to school uh, this morning on uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I had plenty of school days with Scott. <laughs> yeah, um, and we're referencing but, Scott Anderson, who's the co-founder of Soul Focus, and and Soul Focus being the one of the the owner of Run Local. So Scott's kind of he's a behind the scenes guy who would never like anybody talking about him or his name to appear in a podcast, which is a great reason to talk about him, just yeah. to frustrate him even more. <laughs> totally, he's gonna hate this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, I learned I learned so much about like. One, I think a, a big thing and an important thing that I hope so many people can learn is how to navigate um, a variety of personalities and mm. um, even egos and like stay within yourself and continue to like move the needle forward. I think so That's often great. we'll kind of get bombarded with, you know, different people that they work for or work with and mm -hmm. then they kind of get like that feeling of just getting bogged down and just like not being able to take ownership of anything. And I think I just learned how to stay like, not stay in my own lane, but just understand like what I felt was going to help this organization or, or help this race or something and kind of be able to brainstorm or come to the table with creative ideas. And yep. even if they weren't good ideas, like I was okay with that. And I felt like even sharing them and yeah. then having, you know, a lot of people around the table, like talk about it and share their ideas. I think that that was just really, really important. Even in, you know, the world today, so many people think that it's, it's their, their way or the highway or, you know, like right. they're not, open to a variety of perspectives and i think what the giants have have taught me and just in the different roles is the more perspectives you can have in a room like the it's going to be hard to kind of get to that whatever that end goal is but right. it's going to be elite <laughs> because yeah. you're looking at it from so many different angles so i really learned how to just you know if if there's a problem or if there's an idea that we want to execute how can I look at this from every single angle? And mm. I, because I worked with so many different types of people, I'm, I, I think I'm a lot better now than I was five years ago at looking at something and seeing it from a lot of different angles. Wow, that's really interesting. Do you, I think you said two really interesting things there. There is a bit of a DNA at the Giants uh, that, have had, that has had that level of creativity for a long time. Um, there was a name by the, a guy by the name of Pat Gallagher. I don't know if you ever heard of him, but we're talking back in candlestick days. He was early GE. He was in, I know he's a bit of a mentor to Sarah Hunt. Mm -hmm. um, so then you're talking about Sarah Hunt, who thinks about things really creatively and is a really powerful woman in the Giants organization at the uh, leadership level. A uh, big influence on me as well. But there's a DNA there that has been passed down. And I'm curious if you can really put your finger on it. Is it is it creativity? Is it the idea of doing something different? Or is it just being open to doing something different? I think it's you know? yeah. I think well, I think it's a it's a variety of things. I think a big part of it and like a big structure to that DNA is again what we talked about earlier, like reaching a goal and then mm. like celebrate it, have a beer that night, but then um 
you're not satisfied. So how do we raise yeah. the bar even higher? You know, so it's this mentality of never settling. Yeah. And, you know, there's a great mixture of like, celebrating like when we finish an event or you know we executed something that we had been planning for a year or some right but then it's like okay let's turn the page and let's build upon this how can we make it even better and it's like staying hungry while also staying humble Mm. i think is a very like common trait among a lot of the leaders in the giants organization yeah, that's cool. And I, I, I've seen a lot of that. Um, but it, it still takes the person then, I think, to fit into that organization. Like the person who wants to put their foot down and make it their way or the highway is probably not going to last that long in that type of environment because you can't row the boat with one person, especially with their a lot of different creative minds. So I'm curious where, what do you think prepared you uh, was it part of your community or your family or parents or coaches or what, anything in particular that like gave you that perspective to, to be flexible and to, to see that like, Oh, we're going to make this a, this is a team thing. I know how to get a team goal done or something like that. Cause I, I assume. I think it's, there, being were there any influences or a lot of different people? Yeah. I'd say like it stemmed from being an athlete and playing a yep. variety of sports and being really competitive but not ever well some may argue i I don't know but not ever like that just over competitive where it's unhealthy but it's more like competitive within yourself where okay if i'm stepping onto the court or onto the field it's it's war like i'm going to war for my teammates i'm going to war for whatever it is like i'm wearing across my chest Mm -hmm. and also, I think it's just a responsibility to respect the game, whatever game you're playing, but you have a responsibility to respect it. And that means, in my opinion, playing 110%. Right. Um, and I think that mentality, like I've taken into, took into the corporate world, took into the yeah. giant organization. And I know that I could never win a game, but solely by the way I played, mm. I had to rely and encourage and raise the bar and have the raise the bar raised by others you know with my teammates and i think that is really the foundation of the person that i am and i think it's no different when you get into an office setting regardless of you know whatever workplace you're in is understanding like okay if if we're gonna if we want to execute this idea or if we want to take this next step in this next business venture, you know, I need to, I, I love, like, I need to make sure I'm surrounding myself with people that make me not the smartest person in the room. Like I want to be in the middle of like the most unique, creative, uh, yet humble minds. And I think that's just where, um, where like you really see growth in teams or in organizations and also like the concept of psychological safety is is really important like we kind of tell me about that yeah we kind of touched on mental health in the beginning just about like graduating college and going through like a dark time and um you know you you want to be in an area where either it's like the people you work for or the people you work with provide this space where you can 
share your ideas, even if they're not right or right. they don't work out, but like encouraging you to continue to come to the table with your thoughts, with your opinions and with your own research that you've done. I think sometimes people are scared of saying the wrong thing and right. like, then people are just going to look at them as that, that girl that came to the table with like the wrong answer. But like, if you think back to how many tables you've saw, you've sat at where somebody yeah. said something that's like not totally right. You haven't dwelled on that. You no, know, I don't think about that person. I'm like, well, oh, they just missed the mark on that one, you know, yeah. or whatever it is. But, then, but at least like, they said something as opposed to like quiet person who's like, is that person even here right now? Are they on their phone the entire time? What are they doing? Exactly. So kind of just creating like a space where one, like you can be yourself, but also like be continuing to be challenged, but feel good in that challenge and know like this is for a greater good for the organization and for myself. Mm. Yeah, that's cool. And I think that's why maybe it, it's worked out so well with you and the Giants. Like, it seems like a good fit because if you're able to, um, if you're able to not only flourish in that environment, then it's seemingly you could flourish in, in almost any environment because there's a way that, you know, soul focus is similar and that there is, there's very little hierarchy in our, in our company. While I may be like in charge of it or founded it or something, I'm, don't feel bad taking out the trash. You know what I mean? It's like, cause if I'm taking out the trash, then they'll see that they can take out the trash or whatever it's going to be. Mm -hmm. And uh, creating that, that environment. It's like really just, just kind of create a, a safe space. Yeah. Um, to make fun of me too is usually the <laughs> end of it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why that seems to be everyone's favorite thing lately uh, because it's the, the space has become too safe. Let's just say that. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, start to put up some boundaries no don't. exactly whoa, 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 whoa. yeah um okay so you're at the giants for five years um are there has there been a, a history of female executives at the giants or you know um i mean we talked we touched on sarah who's had a big impact there yeah. but uh, do you think i don't know that there that has been a trend in the past i feel like there has been some some pretty powerful people in that organization on both sides yeah yeah, there are um, amazing women at all levels of the organization, but also at, at very high levels. Uh, Lisa Pantages is the chief financial officer of the organization right. and was part of the group that saved the Giants. And by saved, I mean, like, kept them in San Francisco. That's right. And that was scary. Yeah. yeah. So she's been with the team for, you know, 20 plus years and is is serves as a really great mentor for a lot of women in the organization or in the organization because yeah. she's seen it all and you know has has ridden the waves of a lot of people that are against women at, at, in executive roles within an organization you know yeah, but she, let alone at this in sports organizations where exactly yeah, yeah. and yeah, let alone like in major league baseball where i feel like we're kind of like a step behind some of the other other leagues. Um, Stacy Slaughter, uh, she is, oh gosh, I don't, her title is like executive vice president or mm -hmm. president of communications and um, essentially like has been the right hand woman for Larry Bear, our owner, wow. and also has been with the organization for 20 plus years, I believe. Wow. And, um, yeah, so she's, 
uh, also a huge mentor and somebody where when you're talking with her, it's it's so easy to talk to her. I think so oftentimes people think that people with these crazy roles or these elaborate job titles yeah. are like not human and you can't be yourself around <laughs> them. But I mean, Stacy, she's a runner and yeah. like a mom and it's just so like, she has a son that my boyfriend coaches and um, she's just such like a down to earth person, but is, is uber smart and yeah. creative and can think on her feet and really like keeps the organization, you know, right. on a steady path in terms of a communications front. Yeah. Uh, Fran Weld is, is uh, another vice president in the organization, more like on the legal side. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, there's, there's quite, there's a lot. I, I do, I believe it's like 50, 50 men. Women. That's amazing. And I honestly, that was a real question. It wasn't like a setup, like, oh, JT's trying to make the giants look good. Cause I really don't care. I, I want, <laughs> I want you to tell it. And so for me, it's almost seems like a pattern. And then maybe it makes sense that they, how did your position come about to become, you know, the first female coach um, in major league baseball? Like, can you tell us a little bit about the, that process? Yeah, it was something I didn't know existed until um, after I accepted the role. <laughs> and it, you know, like all the women that I just mentioned, I was having conversations with them and and others, like and men in the organization, and and just people at all levels, like from you know, I talked with Larry and Farhan and Scott, yeah. and. Um, like even like directors or former right. managers and current manager at the time, you know, just about like their thoughts on. This feel like an inter Did it feel like an interview process, or was it, were people just checking in and seeing what you wanted to do next? Oh yeah, I I did not feel like an interview process, and it was more of me like knocking on the doors of people. Uh, yep. Like, hey, so I and I just wanted to see like what people thought of. The future of the organization and it was never really like to help me get a next step even mm -hmm. though that was on my mind you know i'd been in the same role for about four years five years and was was ready to take that next step but i just wanted to see like okay are you know these health and wellness initiatives really important to the organization or are they not and right. that was kind of the the question that started we right. have these conversations with different people. I just wanted to hear it from all levels of the organization. Like what was most important to them and what hmm. was something that wasn't getting done that needed to get done that maybe one day I could step into and right. take it um, So yeah, I was never thinking about an on-field coaching role. I did not know it existed. You know, right. obviously Bruce Bochy announced his was announced his retirement at the start of 2019. So we all knew that yeah. um, end of 2019, like there was going to be probably a lot of changes on the the field staff side and right. in the baseball operations um, front office side, and. So I had that in the back of my mind as I was, you know, talking with Larry, talking with Sarah, talking with Lisa, and but it was never like, like the main. What focus. It, you didn't know yeah. what it was. I was just really curious as to like, mm. 
what these people loved in the roles that they were doing, what they yeah. hated in the roles that they were doing. And, um, you know, kind of during that time, then I got a call from our vice president of baseball operations to come into a room and make a presentation on a project um, that they knew I had some familiarity with. Mm -hmm. And I really knew like, okay, I'm going to step into that room. And I know like Stacy will be in there. Um, like our, our chief people officer, there was some pretty high some level. Yeah. yeah. And then Farhan, our president of baseball ops, Scott Harris, our GM. And I know Gabe Kapler was just hired and was going to be kind of listening in on this this right. presentation and cap was just announced as our new manager right um so i think like in short i kind of crushed that presentation and <laughs> Love that. like real like, whoa who was that and i i think like regardless of the the like the type of work that it was or what the project was about what yep. farhan scott and gabe saw was like oh this girl is thorough and like mm -hmm. you give her a project and a challenge and she takes it on and takes it like to another level. Like right. let's continue the conversations. And so I was just brought into more conversations and um, kind of about like Cap and his staff that he wanted to put together and his goals for the future of the organization from an on-field play perspective, but also just other things that he's interested in in baseball. And yeah. It, again, still didn't know I was interviewing because <laughs> I had that mentality like I did back like as a as a player. Like, yep. how can I help this team win? Like, what right. can I do? How can help? I help you put these pieces together? Or is yeah. there something you're missing that I can go do? And work yeah, and it was I was never searching for a title. But during like, <laughs> I guess you could call it like my tour of like going to all the executives offices and like, yeah asking what they thought of the future of baseball or the Giants. Um, right. I was taking notes of every conversation that I had. Mm. And I was able to put together like a three page document of basically what like a proposed role would would be. Um, yep. Not necessarily like anything about like coaching, but just like bigger vision things. Oh, that's and, amazing. We Taking, call that in our organization managing up. You're like, let me yeah. tell you what you should be thinking about. Yeah, and it's like a it, it's sometimes a bit risky. You're like, no, or you're right. Like, yeah, or it's like no to this, but yes to this, and can we go yeah. farther in this direction? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so it was it was that. And I don't think I've ever like showed anybody that document. I, I think I should Stacy just cause she's like a communications expert and, you know, was really helping cap, um, during like his transition from Philly to San Francisco. Yeah. And then, you know, cap and I started to talk and then I would reference like that document because he was traveling at the time. It was around like Christmas last year. And so it wasn't yeah. like in-person interviews. It was like on the phone and, and what he was like across the world. And um, so I, I would have that document, and, like be talking to him when ha like he'd ask this 
question and I'd be able to reference it yeah. because I was looking at this document and I think he was thinking, whoa, this girl's like really quick with her words. Yeah, how and, does like, she have all these answers? I'm like, yeah, because for the past three months I've been like dreaming this up. Yeah, but, so you were prepared um, more than anything. I, yeah. Yeah. I was prepared and I was just, I was just so ready for a next step and like inspired by the change that was happening in the organization. And it was, yeah. I think really good timing, you know, like I was ready to, um, you know, hopefully step back into the baseball side of things and, you know, the baseball side of things that the organization was starting to change. Yeah. And I think it helped, like I have a background in baseball operations, but also a background within this organization. And it was kind of like a really good, yeah. fairly seamless transition from like the front office to the clubhouse. That's the most ridiculous sentence ever, um, especially when you're the first female to do it. Um, but for me, when I when it came out to me, and I think the people that know you best, they're just, and I've said this earlier in the podcast and our conversation was that we weren't that surprised. And I don't, and I think it's because of what we've talked about, the flexibility and your way to work with organizations and what you bring to a team. And that is like a glue-like substance, Alyssa. And, and I don't know if it's glue, but it's almost just like amiable, but positive and um, I would say, you know, prepared is another one, uh, thoughtful, all those different things. And I'm not trying to, to blow you up here because as a Giants fan, that's who I would want in my clubhouse. That's who, you know, if as a Giants, whatever, it'd be like, that's who I'd want on the staff is because we know if you've been on great teams, it's those types of people that can, that can gel a team or days get long. Spring training gets long. Uh, events get long, right? Like life is long. <laughs> pandemics mm -hmm. are really long and that's when yeah. you want like those voices and that type of energy in in a place of like creating something special and so when i and that's when i was like yep that's not going to be a problem um, <laughs> thank you uh, that was really nice <laughs> yeah that's going to be good i was and i meant it and i was like they're going to be so stoked it's not even uh the, the players are going to get it too you know even in the ones i feel like that are we've been like what the f yeah. Like this girl can't hit a fastball or whatever the stupid tweet was of the day or like, oh, I'm glad she's going to be able to like teach, you know, Buster Posey, you know, good situational some things. And it's like, then you have no idea what an entire team is built of. Like, right. I don't think that's your job. And even if it was, you'd figure that out too. And that's just how it is. So I, I don't know. What, it, what was your re reaction? Like, did you come in confident? Did you come in nervous? Did you come in what? Oh. I came in like literally what the hell just happened <laughs> you know like um okay because again like throughout the interview process we weren't talking about like assistant coach we weren't talking about title it was like where there where are there some holes and where can somebody fill them at first I wasn't even talking about myself I was talking right. about like maybe we'll have to go make a hire or something what like a that. really yeah. good like addition to this staff would look like and like yep. this is it <laughs> um <laughs> and then cap's like all right here's the job oh you, it's you yeah so i'm like okay um so initial reaction is well one like i was really excited to be taking the next step and really wow. excited for um the opportunity to work with cap i'm really yep. inspired by his leadership and you know, I think when 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 whenever anybody takes a step 
forward in their career. Mm -hmm. It's an exciting time, but there comes a lot of doubt, a lot of like, can I do this? Am I equipped? I don't have enough experience, all the negative talk. Um, So it, it, it was, it was a roller coaster of emotions, but at the end of it, it's like, okay, like, congratulations. Like I got this really awesome role, but now I have to go and figure out how to do this and make sure that like all of the other women that come after are just know, like, this is, this is the norm. And then like what the norm is, is coming to work every single day, knowing your role and always looking for ways to support the organization, the staff, the team in whatever way possible. Like, and that was my mindset, is my mindset now. Um, But like, so that's the core. And then on the outside, there are days where it's like, ooh, this is really, really cool. Or this is kind of unbelievable. Like, I can't believe, you know, like people- I'm first base. Yeah, (laughs) totally. Or like, you know, um, I'm, sitting with hall of famers and that sort of thing and then there's also like i've never coached at the major league level before i've never coached at the minor league level before um nobody's ever done this before who am i to tell any one of these guys how to do something you know it's all like the negative talk so i mean i'd be lying if i said i didn't have that talk come often but the core of it is i have a job to do and i'm going to figure out a way to like be 1% better every single day and impact mm. this organization. Like I promised. Yeah. That's incredible. And I think that's such a great attitude to be honest with yourself, to be like, Oh no, I got this. Or it's like, whatever. Then you might not be coming in with the right, <laughs> with the right perspective. Cause there's a lot to learn every day, regardless of your position, your experience or everything. Totally. And I think that's where like confident humility comes into play where mm you're humble enough to ask the questions of like what you don't know and ask questions. And then it's your responsibility to go out and like figure it out. And, but then you have to also have the confidence that when you do know something or you do have a very strong opinion, you can come to the table or come to the dugout and say, here's what I think. And, and this is why. So, So often people can say like poke holes at something. I mean, really in any kind of industry, but particularly a sports industry. Um, and even like within the the own organization, people can come to the table and try and poke holes at things. But a lot of times people don't have like the reasoning why to like right. back up. You, they just like, kind of stupid nitpick. Yeah. And so I think we're like, you have to find the confidence is okay, doing the research and then being able to state your opinion and then back it up with your reasons why. But like that humility part is incredibly important too, to where it's okay to say, I don't know, or I'm going to figure it out. But then it's on you to take the responsibility and go and figure it out so that you have the answers to all the questions that you've asked. Amazing. How old are you? 30. Damn, you beat me with that understanding by eight years. I figured that out like a year and a half ago. And you've already had that. Well, it's it's funny. It's crazy to me that you say that because like you and Scott and just the whole like Soul Focus, Silverback, like Kyle, that yeah. whole crew, like your vibe is that that's I ride that. Great vibe. We've got a great vibe. We have a nice time. 
Yeah. And I <laughs> but we like, love excellence. We just want to produce great things. You and know? you guys do. And it's, yeah. I think like that should never be overlooked is just, can you be a really good person every single day? Like that should right. be step one. Step two is, okay, come to work and work really hard every day. Yeah. And you know, everything else kind of it does seem to work out. I did read something this morning about something on hustle.co or something like that. And it was about the, the way to become great is just by being good consistently. Mm. It's like goodness over and over and over and over. And it like, it shows greatness eventually, or that creates greatness. It's just like this consistency of, of, I guess, performance. Like you don't yeah. have to hit the ball out of the park every single time. It's just like good swing, good swing, good approach, good approach, good approach, whatever it is every single oh, time. Yeah. It's like the, the San Antonio Spurs, like one of their mottos or their like values. Oh, they have a female, they have a female. Uh... They do, coach, yeah. <laughs> Is it Becky Harmon? Uh... Hammond. Hammond, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so their like slogan is pound the rock. And what that means is like, I oh, don't quote me on this, but like I think a philosopher like <laughs> once mm. said, you know, there's there's a guy like pounding this stone, pounding this rock a hundred yeah. times and it's not budging. But on the 101st like time, the yeah. whole thing crumbles. And it's not because of that one pound. It was like the consistent pounding right. those 100. It was all of them. Yeah. So I think I that's really very like that. what you were just saying. Yeah, I think so. Um, so you're the first coach, first major, first female major league coach. Have you have any other women um, around the world or those of that you've respected in the past? Have you got any weird, cool outreach? Any <laughs> any DMs? Any like uh, emails? Any like uh, just people just wanting to reach out and and to help or to congratulate you or any like anything like that? I'm always curious. Yeah. It's a little inside baseball. <laughs> so I've uh, so many, but. Um... I think like the the top or I think like the top people that reached out were like former teammates and family That's and like cool. former coworkers. That was just really cool. But like yeah. Billie Jean King has wow. tweeted a couple times, which like I don't yeah. think I can still believe it. <laughs> um, so that's cool and like she's even commented on other posts that have been about me so it's like whoa that is yeah like defending cool. you yeah defending and just like cheering on and that's cool all that um jessica mendoza i mean oh, i look yeah. her <laughs> playing softball and she and i were just talking right before i hopped on here oh my gosh espn interview that we'll do later and um we had dinner together back in Scottsdale and just like sharing softball stories, right? That's so great. Also sharing stories of like being in roles that have really never been done by women before. Um, right. That's just been a great resource and person to lean on. Um, Jenny Finch, also softball oh, yeah. community, has shared some things. Nancy Pelosi tweeted or, or did a post on some sort of social media account yeah. this, which which was cool. And who else? Man, I was like 600 plus messages like <laughs> when I first got hired. So that's amazing. I saved them all, so I'll be able to like reflect on them like that's years so cool. or like on bad yeah. days. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, but with I feel like you've kept a level head. It seems like you've kept somewhat of a low profile. Have you just been? doing that on purpose have been like, well, I have a job to do, so I can't do both. 
right now. I don't know. Yeah. curious. Yeah, there's a lot of layers to that, but that's ultimately it, right? Like, okay, I have a job to do. This is my job. Like, this is yeah. cool. But I think if, if the goal, like one of the goals of all this is to make this the norm, like then we have to make this the norm. Mm. Can't be called the female coach every single time. But there's a part of it that's like, yes, I need to be called a female coach so that other females can see that this is possible and like right. girls don't hinder like what their thoughts or their dreams could be, you know? So there's so many different ways of looking at it. Yeah. And, you know, the, what, the my approach is like come to work, get my job done, but also like maintain these and build and maintain these relationships that I'm making with, with this team. And mm -hmm. I need to know that I'm here to impact the organization, support them, support the rest of our staff so that we can maintain like a winning tradition. And that's, that's the goal, yeah. you know? And um, so there's so much other stuff that comes with this role, like, and I need to do it, you know, justice, right. For right. like encouraging women to take these steps and making sure that I'm honoring all of the women and men that have helped pave this path. Mm -hmm. And, but there's also this side of it, that's like, I need to have the trust with the players of my, of this current team as well. Right. And so I also think like my profiles remain pretty low mm -hmm. because because we don't have fans in the stands and yeah. like I'm allowed to go anywhere. <laughs> so like I just walked down to the grocery store, um, like just down the street. And I realized like, this is the first time I've done this since like May. Wow. <laughs> and cause we're, we have to like stay in lockdown. So I think that's yeah. kind of like helped just mm -hmm. keep my yeah. head level. Like, I, I don't feel any different at all, right. but I do think, we did have the 40,000 fans every single night, I'd feel a little bit different. But right now it's like, we're only focusing on the game. Like come game time, there's no other distractions. That's really you know, interesting. Yeah, it might even be a bonus, right? Like a good way to transition into the role to be like, just staying laser focused because next year, um, hopefully when we get all these fans back, uh, yeah, exactly. Um, girls are going to want autographs you know like they're going to want those um opportunities to take photos and to dream and to be you uh, yeah which is so wild yeah it's, so it's cool. crazy and that's an important piece and like i'm yeah. super humbled by that but yeah. it, and it's a huge responsibility too but i think ultimately like the responsibility and the things that they'll see is okay she shows up every single day at like ready to work she's consistent like we talked about how important mm -hmm. consistency is and also just consistent consistent with her personality with her mood like baseball is up and down it is yeah. a wild ride and so i think what's really important especially from coaches is to maintain kind of like a consistency and mm -hmm. routine and right. sure like there's ebbs and flows but are you going to be the same person after like a 10 game losing streak as you are after a 10 game winning streak. And right. I think that's, that's who you need to be the same person. That's really interesting. That seems to be getting back to our idea of creating that like safe space or, or creating that psychological safety. So it's like, you know, that, you know, your, your happiness doesn't depend on, on this one thing on, on a win or loss too. Uh, yeah. There's so much more that, you know, 
it goes on within an organization or a team or a clubhouse and the world. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> um, how, so the Giants are on a six-game winning streak, if I'm not mistaken. We so are. That feels good, right? But yeah. it's not everything. You're not out over the over the top. How is it going this year? Uh, the experiences so far um, in your in your first year coaching. What any big takeaways? Um, oh man, so a, a lot, but also it's like very different too. Yeah. Yeah. Also, like trying to keep it keep it simple too. Yeah. You know, I think that there's so much like getting this role of thinking of all the things that I don't know. And it's like, oh my gosh, I have to come in and know everything so that I can prove my worth and right, like right. all this stuff and thinking, how am I gonna do this? And just overwhelming. And some advice I got before I went down to Scottsdale for spring training was yep. don't be the type of coach that you're not. Mm. Um, so that was really like just gave me some good perspective because it's like okay that. I'm not gonna try. I'm not gonna try and be a Kai Correa, who's our really intelligent bench coach. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna like maintain, like be Alyssa Nakin and yeah. like learn every single day from Kai, but make sure that I stay within myself. And I yeah. think that's like the biggest takeaway is, that's is great. just yeah, staying staying like true to me, understanding what each player may need on any any given day and mm -hmm. kind of being able to individualize practices or you know pre-game work as opposed to coming at it with like a cookie cutter approach and I think that that's important and but overall like the season's going well even though it's been crazy with yeah. a shutdown and the negotiation process was okay. pretty intense and now this sprint of a 60 game season yeah. it's really fun like and I think yeah. it's from my understanding the fans are enjoying it because they're so locked in it's every single game yeah. counts I mean every it's game important. is 162 yeah games. but it really really counts yeah yeah you think about it like losing like one game is almost like losing a series in a regular yep. season you know and so I think that that's really I think it's good for the sport right now mm -hmm keeping that interest so um yeah i think those are the, but overall it, it's going well there are you know this is it's a hard sport it's yeah there are hard days it's a grind. Like, yeah and you know we we had a, a losing streak at one point and yeah. that's really where it's like okay we need to come back to what our values are what we stand for consistency mm. and Let's just, let's get through this and look to our left, look to our right. How can we support each other in this? Mm. Right. Let's come to the field and let's go to work. I don't know a better way to end it than that. Because <laughs> I think all of us can use that, right? There's there's a losing streak in, across the U.S. right now. Like mm -hmm. The economy's been up and down. We've got fires raging throughout California. But if we all kind of look to our left and look to our right in terms of our community members and our family and we're taking care of the people in our organizations, then I think, you know, a win better on the corner. Um, so it's a pretty cool, cool way to end it. Um, is there anything we've left out, Alyssa? Um, I miss you. <laughs> I miss you too. I miss you too. I'm outside of the Giants bubble, uh, but 
there is FaceTime. There are all these things. We miss you as an organization. I'm a little frustrated that Gabe Kapler beat you to the hire, but we'll get you on the next one. Um, you're welcome to manage up in our organization at any time. If you, a vision strikes you about where run local and soul focus should be, I'm a Google Doc away from listening um, and making you the, you know, the third base coach of soul focus. I love that. I'm so, I'm going to keep that, keep that in the back of my head. Oops. All right. Almost. That's okay. <laughs> it was really good to catch up with you. Um, where I think even though we're keeping a low profile, they can follow you on the Instagram still, maybe. Yeah, it's private. I'm not on there, so. Perfect. So you can't really do that. I probably won't like. Accept. You know the best way to do it? Check watch Giants baseball. Uh, yeah. Check into that. See our. Watch Giants baseball. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's. I think one day I'll get back into the social media game, but. There's a yeah. lot of noise out there right now, and I've really enjoyed kind of taking a step back and listening. It's pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Okay, well, we'll do this again. It was so fun. Um, I wish you luck the rest of the season, and uh, talk soon. Thanks, JT. Talk soon. Awesome. Bye. And for everyone else at home, if you're looking for us, we normally talk about run local events on this thing. I didn't really feel like it today. But if you're, you want more information on what we do, you can go to runlocalevents.com. You can search it on the Googles, soulfocussports.com. That's where our uh, sports management agency lives and all the work we do uh, that was referenced earlier in the podcast. Until then, everyone take care. Look to your left, look to your right. Take care of each other. Melissa, talk soon. Bye. Thank you.